Hello, Collateral Gaming listeners. Chazzle Dazzle here from the Trial by Air Variety Show podcast. I just wanted to take a few seconds to invite you guys over to what we do. No, it's not video games, but we do invite really awesome and unique bands from all over the world. We dig deep into their souls and find really cool stories to tell you, and there's tons of music every week, so subscribe to us wherever you subscribe to your podcast. We look forward to having you. This episode of Bonus Round, it is once again video game recommendation time as Zach and I each list five video games from our childhood that we think you should check out. So don't go anywhere. The show starts right now. Welcome to Collateral Gaming, bonus round. My name is Ashley Chancellor. And I'm Zachary Gio. And this is not NPR news. We're just fucking around. Um, <laughs> <laughs> guys, we are a 420-friendly podcast. And yes, my friends, we... That's what I just said. Okay, whatever. Fuck it. <laughs> no, keep it in. <laughs> I'm keeping this in. Alrighty. So, uh, today is a very special episode of bonus round. Uh, we're going to be talking about our video game recommendations, and I've already said that in the intro, so at this point, I mean, I'm just being redundant. So, um, Zach, why don't we go ahead with your number five? Well, I figured, before we get into that, uh, oh, yeah. there's some news that we have today. Yeah, you have Even some news. Even though this is kind of a bonus round, bro, we have some pretty big news. Um, I'll start off with... Uh, some leaks that have come out through Nintendo. Um, there is some slight information on what we might see this year because it is the glorious 35th anniversary of one of Ash and Mine's favorite series of all time, The Legend of Zelda. Dude, I'm this so year, excited because you told me about this beforehand. Sorry to cut you off, but no, you're good. But just so you guys know, this is my this is going to be my genuine reaction to this because I have not heard about this news. Zach just told me right before we recorded, and he was like, "I've got some news for you," and I was like, "Oh shit!" So yeah, go ahead. Yeah, this is kind of crazy. Um, there have been hints, and now a slight format leak of a remaster of once again them redoing The Wind Waker, but also them remaking Phantom Hourglass for the Switch. Oh shit! For real. Yes, and also they're going to do a bundle. Hopefully, they will do a bundle that includes a remastered version of Ocarina of Time, um, Twilight Princess. No. An HD remake of Skyward Sword. No! Yes! And, and, and the Oracle games. So, I, being that the Oracle of Ages game was the Oracle of Ages game. Oracle of Ages was my very first Zelda game. So, if this comes to fruition, I am going to be a very, very happy boy. I love this right now because we're recording a bonus round and I just saw Ash take a fat swig of. Is that vodka? Yeah, it's vodka. Heck yeah, dude. (laughs) I chased it down with some Coke. Eh, Yeah, cocaine. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. But, um,. But yeah, no, that's some really big news. When I saw that yesterday, I got very, very emotional and very excited. Now, granted, um, those are just leaks, so nothing is 100% set in stone. But knowing Nintendo, 
Um, they did something really big for the 35th anniversary of Mario. And yes. so since Zelda is also, like, it's literally one of their flagship franchises, I can't see why they wouldn't go out with it. And I really hope that all of this happens. If they've taken all of this time to make all of these games better and bring them to life, that is going to be huge for Nintendo because these games will blow sales out of the water. There's also one small Niche. part. Um, we might see at E3 this year a reveal of the new Nintendo Switch Pro. And like they did with the Switch, uh, they will release Breath of the Wild 2 with the Switch Pro. So that is very exciting to think about and to hope for. I really hope that all of this comes to fruition. Um, so... Did that did that tickle your news fancy, my friend? That tickles my news fancy. That that definitely <laughs> that definitely tickles my pickle. I'm 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 really really excited. And you know I may hold off on buying because I have a Switch Lite, but I'm I'm planning on buying like a regular Switch so I have a console like I can play multiplayer with. Yeah. But I may hold off on that if the Switch Pro rumors are true, and we've been hearing those for a while. Um, oh, I've seen some design specs for it, dude. Yeah. So I, like it looks crazy. I would definitely I'll definitely buy that. Um, like we're talking 4K rendering, we're talking 60 FPS, and no. we're talking Nintendo finally coming through with solid technology. Now, don't get me wrong, Breath of the Wild and a lot of the games that have come out for the Switch are absolute masterpieces. But if they do this, oh my God, Nintendo will turn over. Uh, yes, bro, it's 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 we're we're looking at some beautiful stuff. Hopefully, in the future, that's literally the sound I make when I orgasm. So that there you go, folks. <laughs> I also have uh, one small piece of news to share. Well, it's not really small for me, but um, in the grand scheme of things, it's just another part of life, and we do the best we can to keep it going. But um, I have taken a writing position with the Legend of Zelda website, zeldadungeon.net, which is a website that has been around since 2001. And I am very, very excited to take part in this journey and write about one of my lifelong passions uh, Zelda being the first game I ever played, and I will play it until the day I die, <laughs> unless for some reason they are able to figure out how to transfer consciousness into uh, robotic beings. That would be lit, and then I can play Zelda forever. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I'm really excited to start working for ZeldaDungeon.net. Um, I'm gonna try to see if I can't get Young Ash here to join me on that little adventure because it would oh. be a kick-ass opportunity. That would be and a dream come true. Like, dude, I am so excited for you. As soon as you told me that, I was like, no way. What? Yeah. <laughs> Sent you the screenshot to verify it, and he was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly yeah, how that went down. Yeah, shout out to Andy Spatiri and Allison Aletha of the Champions cast and ZeldaDungeon.net for being so wonderful and hospitable and taking the time to get to know me and walk me through everything. They're just absolutely wonderful people. If you haven't heard the Champions cast or the Omega Metroid podcast, Andy also does that one with uh, Dakota Lasky. Uh, they call him Dak. He's pretty cool. Uh, go check out those podcasts. They are absolutely wonderful. It's a good time. They've been going on for almost a year now. So go give them some love. Uh, go give them a five-star rating wherever you listen. And it's just it's a good time. You'll have plenty of stuff to listen to. And so, yeah, uh, I'm done spilling about news. <laughs> I think it's time to start recommending some games. Let's recommend some games. Okay, so uh, what is your what is your? I said number five earlier, but that's not quite right. Where these aren't these aren't in any sort of ranking. But what what's the first pick for you, Zach? Okay, uh, since we are going to be doing an episode on it later on this season, I've been playing a ton of it, and I think that it would be very befitting to talk about 
my number five pick or my first pick, Apex Legends. I absolutely love this game. This game came out in 2019. It was developed by Respawn Entertainment, and it is basically not more realistic, but a lot more fluid and a lot more fast-paced Battle Royale that was inspired by Fortnite. Fortnite kind of was released in after PUBG, PUBG and Fortnite together basically exploded the Battle Royale scene and yeah. made those games just very, very prominent. And so today, if you ask somebody who plays games regularly uh, what their games are that they like to play, one of them might be a Battle Royale. I played PUBG for a little while. It was very difficult. I played Fortnite for about three years, honestly. And now I play Apex religiously almost. I've now purchased... I just recently purchased horizon which is the last hero that i need or the last legend that i needed to buy but this game is really fun it is a 60 player battle royale that takes place on either king's canyon or the new destroyed king's canyon um or you know whatever map they decide and come up with i can't think of all the maps off the top of my head but this is a very fast 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 placed fast paced battle royale (laughs) in which you spawn in with either your partner or your two two teammates, because it's either duos or trios. There's no squads or solos. And you drop in, and all hell breaks loose. Yeah. Once you drop in, you have to go to a hot spot in order to survive, to get decent gear. Because not only is there weapons and armor that you have to get, there's different var- variants of armor. You, there's uh, white armor, there's blue armor, there's purple armor, there's gold armor, and there's red armor. Now, they've added red armor to the game, which is basically... It's even stronger than gold armor. You just have to get kills and level it up. The more damage you do, the more you level up your armor now. But there's weapons on weapons on weapons. And for those weapons on the ground, there are attachments that you have to get. There are these things called hop-ups, which are specialized attachments for individual guns that make them stronger. For example, there is a pistol. Uh, oh, God, Zach. You literally use it all the time. <laughs> oh, my, oh, it's the wingman. Sorry. There's a pistol called the wingman. It's basically like... It's not a shotgun pistol. It fires slugs, um, uh-huh. and there's a hop-up for it called uh, a skull piercer round, which means when you attach it to your gun, if you hit a headshot, it does more damage, and you can find uh, extended mags for each specific type of weapon. There's extended light, extended heavy. There's so much customization in this game, and it's absolutely crazy. Each of the legends uh, have their own specific abilities. Um, let's, for example, there's a legend called Bangalore. She's basically like a soldier, uh, basically fitted for infantry combat, like something you'd see in like the army or something like that. And her abilities are she can release a smoke screen that can conceal where she's at and she can run and escape fire or pop the smoke screen and revive a downed teammate. Uh, she has a missile system where she can pinpoint and fire at a legend and take off like that. And her ultimate is a missile barrage. Basically, wherever you aim the ultimate, there will be a barrage of missiles that falls down. And if you get caught in it, you'll probably be downed. Because as we all know, ultimates are pretty heavy stuff that are basically meant as kill shots. And each legend is different. You're going to have to get on the game and see it for yourself. But I highly recommend this game. It's very fast-paced. It's very fun. It's also very difficult because the movement is unlike anything I've ever seen in a Battle Royale slash first-person shooter, but I highly recommend this game, and I chose it today simply because I've probably, in the last two or three months, Ash, I've probably put about six or seven days on it, so. I don't doubt it, dude. I have played a little bit of Apex. Um, I actually started playing whenever we did our episode with the uh, Perfect Paradox podcast. 
Um, I thought oh, we were yeah. going to talk about Apex Legends, so I played like a shit ton of it with them. But what we ended up doing was just talking about gaming in general, which is cool. <laughs> and, and we're I played totally Rocket down League the whole time. Yes, <laughs> we're totally down to play with them again. But um, we're also planning on doing a. We were planning on doing an Apex Legends episode next time, and we actually announced that. But just so you guys know, we've switched that around, uh, and we'll reveal what game we're going to be doing instead at the end of this podcast. But um, we are still going to do like a bonus round episode focusing on Apex just because, you know, we promised something. So we'll, we'll get it out there. But I'm glad you're talking about it now because I've been playing, a, you know, I played a little bit of Apex recently because I was thinking we were going to do an episode on it. I'm going to trash at these kinds of games. I've never been very good at Battle Royale. I'm terrible <laughs> at Fortnite. I'm terrible at Warzone. But um, out of all of those, I think Apex is probably the most fun for me. Uh, personally, my character is, is is Bangalore like your character? No, no, your no, main? no, no, no. Um, no, my characters. Uh, I forget his name. He's a fairly new legend, but I bought him immediately when he came out. But my main right now is Horizon. Um, her abilities are she can place a kind of almost like a gravity trampoline on the ground, where she puts it on the ground and it like sends you flying into the air yeah. and it allows you for a quick escape. It gives you height advantage. Like let's say you're on the second floor. And there's enemies on the roof. You can place it right next to you. Get up high above your enemies and start raining fire down above them. Catch them by surprise. And her ultimate is... um, Wow, that actually correlates with another game that I'll be recommending in this list. But her ultimate is like a gravity well that sucks in enemies and basically gets them in one central location so that you and your teammates can just level them. And it's it's really cool. She's she's fun to use and there's differences in the weight classes of characters. Every character moves the same speed, but there are characters that are bigger and so it feels like they move slower and their movement isn't as fluid. Yeah. I like the lighter characters because it seems like you can move quicker. And there's a move, uh I'm not sure what it's called, but it's where you slide across the ground 180 and look behind you but jump against a wall and you'll wall run across the wall so you can be running on the wall while laying into your target while running <laughs> away so it's it's really cool it's hard to master there's a youtuber named asu he is the best apex legends player in the world and it is really fun watching him play because he does that all the time like his movement is sick he's learned how to like wall jump and kick off of substances, oh, substances yeah. off of surfaces it's really cool to watch and so that's the type of movement i'm striving to get good at yeah, so I would say my main would probably be, if I have a main, because I haven't really played enough to really get a feel for it, and I haven't played with very many Legends at all, but um, I like Wraith quite a bit, because oh, yeah. uh, the ability to vanish and, and get away real quick is really, really, really useful, and I like her ultimate, which allows you to create a portal um, that you and your teammates can both go through, and let me tell you, that actually helped us out one time in a game, because the ring was closing in, and so I, I got as close as i could i i well i created a portal and then i got as close as i could to the ring and then i created another portal and my teammates survived ended up surviving because of me doing that so that was nice um i like pathfinder as well the graph grappling abilities are really neat um Mm -hmm. and i also had uh i had some some good uh I had some good luck with playing with Gibraltar. I liked that as you're aiming weapons, he's got a shield that's up. Um, and what and Lifeline. Lifeline was cool. Kind of playing the medic persona, I think, was 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 really uh, good for me. Uh, Come get your birthday present. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, dude. 
Gibraltar's cool. I've never really played as Gibraltar, to be honest, but Wraith, Wraith is sickening. And honestly, when it comes to having abilities like this in a Battle Royale or any other game specifically, you and your team really need to know who the other per- people are playing so that you can create a, or so that you can use a character that will help balance out the abilities that your teammates are using. Let's say if Wraith puts down her portal on the other side of it, if you're playing as Horizon and you go through the portal first, you can put a, a gravity trampoline on the ground and uh as soon as you hit the portal you'll get air and that way you can all look and see while you're in the air look and see if you can spot enemies oh nice and it's and it's really cool there's also another character called octane that uh will inject himself and it allows him to run super quick and the really oh that's gonna be useful when the ring's closing it is, but every time you inject yourself, it takes a little bit of your health. Oh. But Octane is also consistently healing himself. Okay. Constantly. It's very small and very minute, so it takes a while to fully restore your health, but it works. And his ultimate is a giant trampoline that just sends you flying. And it's Oh, great. nice. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Well, um, I guess we've talked a lot about Apex so far, and we'll have more to talk about on our bonus round. But um, my first recommendation, let me think about which one I want to talk about first. Yeah, I'm going to go with Lego Star Wars The Complete Saga. Yaga. So anybody that that's... I mean, this was the Lego Star Wars game growing up. I mean, obviously when the first one came out, that was just covering the prequel trilogy. And then they eventually did the original trilogy as well. But uh, later on, they decided to kind of package these together and do The Complete Saga. And we were actually going to do a game on this. back Originally back in Season 1, um, we did a poll on which Lego Star Lego game was going to be better to talk about, Lego Harry Potter or Lego Star Wars. And um, Star Wars The Complete Socket was the obvious choice. But we ended up, uh, and that was going to be an, a season two choice later on, I ended up throwing it away because I really wanted to talk about Ghosts of Tsushima. Um, and then season I mean, season two ended up becoming season three. Long story short, we we split our episodes. Uh, they originally bi-weekly. When we went monthly, season one got split into two. But anyway... Um, yeah, Lego, uh, Lego Star Wars ended up getting written out and we were going to, and then they also announced the Skywalker saga, which I think instead of the complete saga, we're going to end up doing the Skywalker saga as kind of a, uh, a game launch episode for sure. Because I mean, we, we kind of teased it already anyway, but I decided it would be a good opportunity to talk about the complete saga on the bonus round, because this is definitely a game I grew up playing a lot. In fact, all the Lego games were games I grew up playing a lot. Uh, and Lego Star Wars was the first. Lego Star Wars was the breakout. And what a surprise. Nobody thought that making a game with Lego characters would be as fun as it is. And I love the fact that the gameplay is more casual. I like the fact that when you die, you don't really die. You just come back with almost no consequence. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I, I really, I've never personally played any of the Lego adventure games. Oh, you haven't? But- no, I haven't. Uh, those weren't really my cup of tea growing up, but I will say that they're very inspirational series simply because, like, let's say Lego Indiana Jones, Lego Star Wars, Lego Batman, they take something that could have an adult theme to it and add a level of innocence to it. Because yes. let's say we're let's say we're talking about Batman. Batman is a very very dark, very dark storyline. It yes. doesn't matter which universe you're in; it's very dark. Like Bruce Wayne's parents were killed and. That's why he was trained by Rachel Ghoul and overcame his fear of, well, faced his fear 
of darkness and I guess bats. I'm, I'm glad you like said Rachel Ghoul right because. Uh, Christopher Nolan apparently didn't get that one right. <laughs> no, I guess he said Ra's al Ghul or something like that. No but, disrespect um, to him, because The Dark Knight is a fantastic fucking that, movie. And Christopher Nolan is probably one of the greatest movie producers slash directors of all time. Of all time. And like Interstellar is one of the greatest movies ever made. Oh, fuck uh, yeah, dude. If you haven't seen Tenet, I highly recommend that game. Or movie, movie. sorry. <laughs> Tenet is incredible. I don't know who plays the protagonist, but he's amazing because that's literally his name. His name is the protagonist. Hey, and this is a game recommendations episode, not a movie recommendation. I, I, I know, but it's good. <laughs> okay. But like I said, you know, Batman's very dark, and Star Wars has a lot of dark moments. Indiana Jones is more adventurous and kind of more fun, but there are dark moments in the movies like Raiders of the Lost Ark when they open the ark and those guys get their faces melted off. It's, well, I mean, it's beautiful. Anakin killed fucking kids. If that's not dark, I don't know what is. <laughs> wait that's dark i'm just kidding i'm i'm sorry that's a bad joke sorry <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh i was so disappointed in, in uh lego star wars when you didn't get to replay that scene and, and kill all the younglings stop <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, no they actually I... cut that one out because that's just too dark <laughs> it's very dark it's very mr skywalker <laughs> or master skywalker master skywalker <laughs> oh man but yeah no i've heard that they are amazing games and a lot of fun and very nostalgic for a lot of people uh i just i could never get into it legos were never really my thing i was into transformers and stuff as a kid oh me too i love the try i still bro no joke and maybe i maybe have to show my collection to you right now in my room sitting is my is my box of transformers from my childhood i have a whole box of them if you don't have scattershot or jazz i don't want to see it I don't think I have those two, no, but I have Unicron. I have Unicron, okay? You have Unicron? I, I had have Unicron. Unicron. Dude, as like a 10-year-old, Unicron was the shit. Unicron like, was the shit. If you didn't have Unicron, like, who were you? And Scatter... <laughs> uh, not Scattershot. What is it? Starscream, bro. Starscream, Starscream was like one of the more advanced level Transformers that took like 10 minutes to transform by hand. It was so hard. Oh, shit. That reminds me. There was a Transformers game growing up that was badass. Um, I never we're played it. Totally going on taft on tangent, but it was on the PS2. It was actually really good. You could play as Optimus Prime or um uh uh Jetfire, I believe, or um or Hotshot, I think. I think it was those. Or Bumblebee. I honestly can't remember. It was so long ago, but and you end up fighting Unicron in the end, and it was actually a really cool game. Um not based on the movie. This was way before the movie ever, the Michael Bay movie ever came out, but um, anyway, back to Lego Star Wars, um, or Lego <laughs> games in general, <laughs> are really fun. I think they're inventive. I like the fact that you can play literally any character in that universe, and they didn't care whether it was redundant or not. They didn't care whether it was useless or not. You can play as the gonk droid. You can play as the PK droid. You can play as a fucking womp rat. Um, Lego Star Wars 2 actually introduced the uh, customizable characters, which is a, a mainstay that has been in uh, almost every Lego game after. So you could create your own characters that were, you know, Jedi with pistols or shit. And uh, it was cool. And I love that not only can you play through every single episode in the saga, but you can go back and free play those levels uh, and collect all of the extras, like the mini kits and the red bricks and, and get true Jedi. Um, and, and there were actually some, some extras that were hidden behind those. So you would have to come to a level back in free play and be a Sith or be a bounty hunter. And that way you could unlock some of the puzzles. I love the puzzle solving gameplay. I love the fact that um, the world was, was, uh, 
built up of bricks, and so there were so many things you could do with that. Um, Jedi characters are fun to play as, and, and I've been playing a lot recently. Lego Star Wars The Complete Saga actually is on PlayStation Live right now. Um, so if you wanted to get, get a shot at that and uh, maybe you don't have a copy of the game or you uh, don't want to have to hook up your old console again, um, definitely you can play that on PlayStation Live. And, and I highly recommend it. Out of all the LEGO Star Wars games, I mean, I haven't played the Clone Wars one, but out of all the LEGO Star Wars games i played, I mean, that's the best. Um, Are they on PS Now? PlayStation Now, that's what I meant to say. I said PlayStation okay. Live. I'm, I'm so sorry. PlayStation Now, <laughs> the streaming service. So yeah, yeah, LEGO Star Wars The Complete Saga and also the LEGO Star Wars The Clone Wars one is on PlayStation Now. Um, some of the other LEGO games are too, but I highly recommend them. We did a big uh, talk about the LEGO games in general in our LEGO Harry Potter episode. Go check that out if you haven't. It's back in season one. Actually, I believe it's one of our most viewed episodes because... Um, when that episode went live, we were using the PodCoin service, which was so cool. Rest in peace, PodCoin. It was really cool. It was like this service where you could get paid to listen to podcasts. And as a podcaster, it was nice because they had this feature where as long as you put a promo on every on your episodes, like every two weeks, and you just and they had specific requirements. Like this week, you'd put it on the in, on the front to the podcast, and then then you'd put it in the middle, and then you put it in the end. But as long as you just played like a little thirty second promo, um, they would put your podcast out on like their like a top list where they would be viewable to everyone. Our view shot up that that for that period. And Lego Lego Harry Potter happened to be the episode that was out, which wouldn't have been the one that I would have picked. But yeah, it got a lot of views because of that service. And then PodCoin, I guess, um, they deleted their app and no longer exists anymore. But anyway, Lego Star Wars is uh, one of the fundamental games of my childhood. I remember being excited about the concept when it came out. Um, I remember when the second one came out, and it was cool because they added things like... Uh, princess leia and other girls could slap people and chewbacca could rip people's arms off and it was fucking bad dude it was awesome and and it was fun playing it now um i love doing the pod racing level i love doing um just everything you you can't have a bad time when you're playing a lego game <laughs> yeah no you can't and it it adds a level of innocence so anybody can rip somebody's arms off with chewbacca <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I guess we're going to move on here. Um, all right, so my next game recommendation is one that I don't think you and I have talked about at all, Ash. Okay. Um, so this might hit you from left field, but I spent a lot of time playing this game when it first came out, but Minecraft Dungeons. Okay. When, th when that game was released, man, I was so skeptical about it, but my roommate Richard and I just spent day and night just playing this game and basically what this is this is an rpg adaptation of minecraft basically everybody's played minecraft at some point in their life where you just go in and right. you can do survival or uh creative mode and you can just build survive and have a good time a lot of people made a bunch of mods but minecraft dungeons is basically um a level up system it's, it's an rpg where you kind of pick your character you can be a wizard or you could be a knight with swords you can wield magic and do whatever you want and you go through the game started out with 10 individual dungeons where you just you have a goal and you start at the beginning of the level and you just massacre enemies while trying to get to the goal there will be there's a level the first level you have to like light five torches and enter a secret cave and you can find chests with weapons in them like diamond pickaxes and swords and the further you go in the game, the more you level up, and you can get coins or stuff, or coins or whatever they're called. I don't know. But it's been a while since I played <laughs> it, but it's, it's so good. And there's a start screen. It's basically like 
a world map or, or like a overworld type thing where you're at where you can like test out your weapons and you can buy kits and stuff like that and buy weapons armor and it's all random so once you hit the treasure chest like it'll give you a random piece of armor and depending on what level you are uh that determines basically what kind of stuff you get and there's also each character can wield like certain magical abilities each character can wield a specific type of weapon and you can level up these abilities using enchantments enchantments are little coins that you get every time you level up when you level up you get an enchantment coin and you can add that to your armor to give your armor or weapon special abilities let's say you have a diamond sword and it's a base level diamond sword but you've leveled up seven or eight times so you have yeah. seven or eight enchantment coins so you can make it to where your blade can summon thunder with oh, one shit. enchantment coin and once you do that the next upgrade costs two enchantment coins and you can make it to where that thunder has a larger blast radius and then the third one it could do something like it'll have an even larger blast radius and also heal your allies. So it's really, really fun <laughs> to just take the concept of Minecraft and put it into this uh, level scaling type of game. It's very linear, but it's also extremely fun, and I highly recommend it. A have you ever have you ever played Minecraft Dungeons? Because I honestly, haven't. we could both get it, Ash, and we could play it together, and we could live stream it. Yeah, that would be badass, yeah, it, dude. It's I so much fun. I love Minecraft. Like, I'm a huge, huge... I think Minecraft is one of those games that definitely deserves the hype it gets because just how open it is and the moddable structure of it. And I can't say enough about Minecraft, and we will be talking more about it later this season. Hint, hint. But uh, I've never played Minecraft Dungeons. I guess that was one of the spinoffs that I guess... I, I just didn't really know much about. Um, I know there was like also like the Minecraft story mode thing, which was uh, like a Telltale-type adventure, right? Yes, but... Honestly, eh. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people that love it, and I apologize for um, dissing on it, but I never never really enjoyed it. I'm going to take a little sidetrack here, Ash. Sorry to kind of cut into this, no. but I notice that you are wearing a Collateral Gaming t-shirt. Yes! Yes, sir. Merch we is on merch the way. Now. Yeah. Um, and I've actually got updated designs on these that now have our... Um, that show where to find collateral gaming because my, my wife brought up a good point when she was looking at the back of my shirt and all it just says is you know the only video game podcast that matters are on the collateral cinema shirt the only movie podcast that matters um but it doesn't show like where to find us so i updated it and i've got like the logos of all the the different podcast formats and our social media handles but um we're gonna be shooting these live soon uh, I'm just trying to figure out kind of what I want to do. I want to know if I want to stick with the service that we've been doing, which is Custom Ink, or maybe if I could find something that's cheaper. I like this website because it allowed me to um, customize it, and there was like an in-browser editor that was actually really nice. So we'll see what we're going at. Right now it's costing us 35 bucks just to make the shirt, and we don't want to charge more than that just to make a profit. But I think if you order in bulk, it's quite a bit cheaper. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be launching that merch line soon. Um, yeah, just just going off on that sidebar because uh, if you want to support our podcast, uh, that helps us in two ways. One, we get the money. I mean, we'll 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 upcharge a little bit, so we make somewhat of a profit. But that money will go into the podcast specifically. Any money we make on the podcast goes into the podcast, and that applies to the Patreon. That's a rule that I'm setting for myself. Um, and number two, that gets the word out. You know, you're wearing the T-shirt, and people will see and they'll ask. You know. So uh, we'll, we'll be launching that soon for anybody that wants to support us, anybody that wants to wear the merch. Um, so far, we've got the shirts in black and purple, uh, and then we've got uh, red and teal options as well for Collateral Gaming and Collateral Cinema. We're going to launch other types of things like face masks, hats, beanies, 
hoodies, whatever, you name it. We'll, we'll probably, we can do it. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. That sounds awesome. And once I get paid, I'm probably going to get a couple t-shirts so that I can sport them when we start recording and doing videos. And now that I know how to do backgrounds and Skype, uh, my video will not just be my face, but a nice little background. Like right now, we're not doing video right now, but I've got a nice little shot of Hyrule from Breath of the Wild. And you guys all know that that's one of my favorite games. So why not? I'm really excited to see where the merch goes. And, um, uh, I mean, we pretty much hit the nail on the head with Minecraft Dungeons. So if you want to, eh, there's not too much to talk about. Uh, I would like to dive into that game with you because it's on PlayStation and you and I could dive in together and it'd be a lot of fun. So it's on PlayStation now. Uh, it's not on PlayStation now, but it's like 15 bucks okay. on the store. Yeah, so, that'd be badass. Yeah. So what game recommendation do you have now? Uh, I'm going to go with Spider-Man 2. Uh, and this Ooh. is this is the movie game that really just kicked it all off. Okay, so if you enjoyed uh, Marvel Spider-Man on PS4 and Spider-Man Miles Morales on PS4 and PS5, you really owe it to Spider-Man Two. And we talked about this in our original uh, Spider-Man PS4 episode, uh, was that really everything that the precedent was set. The bar was the bar was was raised with Spider-Man 2 the movie game. And for a movie tie-in game, which by the way, we talked about this on our um previous episode we did with Collateral Cinema, that bonus run episode where we talked about movie tie-in games. Uh but for a movie tie-in game, it was fantastic. Um it was the very first Spider-Man game to have an open world where you could swing around Manhattan to your pleasure. And that seems like a natural choice. Um, you've got Bruce Campbell narrating the game, and if that doesn't make you want to play it right now, that I don't know what will. <laughs> is, do they have it on PlayStation Four? Like, is it accessible no. to get? I was trying to get it emulated actually, so I could play it a little bit. And I actually did emulate it somewhat recently, maybe before I started the podcast. I was kind of playing it before, and I so I played it somewhat recently. But I just remember growing up, being able to swing around and fight crime and get on top of cars and and shit. It was so so badass, and you felt like Spider Man, and it really set the bar for superhero games and especially Spider-Man games. Every Spider-Man game afterwards kind of copied this format, or most of them did anyway. The whole idea of being able to, to freely swing around Manhattan. Oh, yeah. And honestly, like, the greatest baby of all was Spider-Man PS4 because it took elements yes. from Spider-Man PS2 and the Arkham games and created this just gorgeous creation that involved both flawless combat and seamless web swinging throughout the city. And it's just, I need to go back and replay Spider-Man 2 because it has been years. But I have a PS2 here in the house. So I am going to need to cop, uh, get a co cop a copy. That doesn't make sense. I'm going <laughs> to need to go get a copy of that game and go back through it. Because, I mean, they did their best, their absolute best. Spider-Man, uh, Peter Parker looks like Tobey Maguire. Yeah. In PS2 format, Mary Jane looks like Kirsten Dunst. Bruce Campbell's narrating the game. You've already said it, and that's the best part. Because <laughs> Bruce Campbell is literally in every single one of the Raimi movies, except he's a different character. Yes. He's the, he's the announcer in the wrestling arena in the first one. Well, he is. Supposedly, the plan was for him to be the same character, and he was Mysterio. <laughs> that, was, that was the plan for Spider-Man 4. Was that it was going to be somehow revealed, like how he had participated in Peter Parker's life in every way, and that makes sense. Like he's an actor. That's amazing. I, dude. Oh, what if they implement that in uh, Spider-Man Three coming out this year, and they just haven't said anything because, uh, what is it name? Al uh, Molina. What's his name? Al Molina. Alfred Molina and Alfred Molina. Yeah, and Jamie Fox have been announced. Tom Holland is saying that uh, Andrew Garfield and Tommy McGuire are actually not in the movie, but 
I think that might be misdirection. I really do. It doesn't make sense for him to outright deny that at this point. I mean, yeah, if anything, I mean, it, if Jamie Foxx is going to be in the movie as Electro, uh, Andrew Garfield needs to make an appearance, and Alfred Molina, Tobey Maguire needs to be in the movie. At the very least, they'll be seeding that in. So I was kind of surprised that it was going to happen in Spider-Man Three. I wonder if maybe Tom Holland is telling the truth, and they're not. But they're going to be in a future Spider-Man movie. I don't know. But either way, they're really seeding it. And if anybody's been watching WandaVision, they're really... Um, oh. the, <laughs> the, the, the seeds have been planted. I don't know, oh I, I don't know if you've seen the most recent episodes, bro. Yes, I have. I'm up to date. Okay. That was crazy yes, at the end of... Was, not this, just this last episode. I mean, that was crazy too. But at the, at the, be- the last, last episode... Mm-hmm. And there was a little bit of multiverse shenanigans, maybe. Bro, I <laughs> yeah, I don't want to spoil it because you just need to go and watch it. But I will say, um, this is not spoiling anything. I will say that you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. That argument, that argument between Paul Bettany and um, uh, Elizabeth Olsen, that is some of the greatest acting in both of their careers I've ever seen. Especially oh, Paul Bettany as, as Vision. Like he, he is literally right now in the highlight of his acting career just because of that one scene that i have never seen so much passion and just pure i genuinely was kind of scared of him in that moment just because of how intense it got yes but i've already i've already said a little bit too much uh if you haven't seen wandavision go and see it um it's on disney plus yeah it's it's really good and uh rest in peace to cara dune (laughs) yeah yeah i mean I, the less we say about that, the better. But if, yep. regardless of what, how you feel about it, I mean, it, it is kind of sad to see the character go. Oh, yeah. That's why I said Cara Dune. I, I, I will hold my opinion on the situation, but I think Disney um, I, di- I think Disney made a judgment call, and they did the best that they could. So yeah. I, am, I, am, I, will ex- I accept the decision, and I understand it. So from there, we will just move on. Um, but, yeah, Spider-Man 2. For the PS2 or Spider-Man PS2, sorry, that's that's Spider-Man 2, yeah. So it's a very stellar game, one that I'm definitely gonna have to go back and um, replay. Yeah, same. Dude. So uh, if we're moving on, yeah, uh, I guess I will do my third recommendation, which is Star Wars Jedi: Fallen Order. No, that that's game. funny. <laughs> that you is that, that one of your recommendeds? No, oh, no, because we okay. already did an episode on it, so I wouldn't make it one of my recommendations. But that's funny that you said that because you know it's funny as you were like, yeah, a lot of respawn entertainment episode, you know, uh, games are recommended. I'm like, is he gonna do Fallen Order? <laughs> I am. I'm gonna do Fallen Order because that's one of the. I wait. Was I on the episode that we did Fallen Order? No, no, you weren't. But Megan and Alan. Okay. Were. Okay. That was their first episode. Okay, so I'm allowed to do this. I'm allowed. <laughs> Technically, yeah. Uh, yeah. So Jedi Fallen Order follows the story of Cal Kestis, a Jedi that survived Order 66. Um, <sighs> I was so hoping he, he would show up in The Mandalorian, by the way. Me too. I mean, it, The Mandalorian's not done. It's not done. He could. He it's could. It's not done. He could still show up, but at the same time, and they better use the same actor. I will be really mad if they don't. But basically, he's hiding out on a planet as a scrapper, and... Um, at the beginning of the game, he ends up saving a friend of his, and I'm not going to spoil any names or any locations or anything like that, because I highly recommend you play this game. It's still relatively new, and there are still a lot of people that may listen to this that will want to dive in and play it, because it is 
absolutely spectacular. Oh. Basically, you end up you end up saving your friend, and that kind of exposes you and kind of alerts the Empire that there's a Jedi that's still a a, a follower of the treasonous Jedi Order. Yeah, that is still alive and surviving. And basically, the Inquisitors come and hunt him down. He ends up escaping, and that's where the story begins. And so, I. This game is absolutely spectacular from the uh it's I wouldn't necessarily call it open world but no. it's open map though. Open map. About as open as, as the traditional like Zelda games are, I would say. Yeah. And so between the combat between the various creatures that you'll face throughout the game to the lightsaber duels with the inquisitors, yes! it's just dude, it is spectacular. And I won't say anything specifically but the end of the game will make your jaw drop. Yes! Oh, my God. The end of the uh, game will absolutely make your it, jaw drop. And every single story aspect of this game will keep you on the edge of your seat. And that's one thing I love about certain video games. Video games that catch my attention are video games that will constantly keep you wanting more. Yes. And at the end of this game, they left it on a massive cliffhanger, which makes me think that they're going to make another one. Oh, for sure. I think, I think but, they announced that there officially is going to be a, there is a sequel in development. Yeah. And so, like, from BD1, the best droid companion the in the entirety. Best. He is I agree. the best and most adorable companion in the history of Star Wars games to the lightsaber play and the customization. There is so much cosmetic stuff that you can do with Cal, with what he's wearing, how the ship looks, how your lightsaber looks. You can literally customize your lightsaber to look like every single lightsaber from the Star Wars yes. fandom, from the Star Wars story, anything you can make it look, and eventually you'll upgrade it to where you can have, well, no, I'm not going to say that. That's that's a spoiler. But play this game. It is absolutely spectacular. If you want to get your Star Wars vibe on, this game is the perfect way to do it. I have a clip, uh, Ash, from the very first planet. Some stormtroopers caught me, and I killed the first one, and I started to run away from the second one. I somersaulted on the ground like you do. You press circle and you kind of somersault out of the way. And he's like, I knew it would end like this. And he fires a shot at me and I'm rolling away and I just deflect it behind the back and hit him in the face. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll have to, I'll have to take, I'll take a video of that and send it to you after this podcast. Cause it's, it's hope. Oh. But that game is so good. It is so smooth. If you have a PlayStation 4 pro, you can play it in 4k or you can play it in 60 FPS. I highly recommend playing it in 60 FPS because it allows for such a smooth gaming experience. And I, it is beautiful. Cal is my favorite Star Wars protagonist out of the entire series. For I sure. like Rey, I like Luke, I like Obi-Wan, I like Anakin until he becomes Darth Vader, of course. But Cal Kestis is the one you get the closest to, the one you learn the in and outs of. And the ability to meditate and the skill tree is just spectacular. Yes. I, I love this game, and the Game Plus is awesome because it allows you to do like combat arenas and face the different um, it's different waves of enemies from different planets. It allows you to fight all the bosses in succession, like a boss rush. It's really hard, but it's really good. I tried to do the boss rush at the very beginning, and I just got leveled. Yes. Because <laughs> um, I'm playing on Jedi Grandmaster right now, and so it's it's tough. It's harder on Jedi Grandmaster. I think I, I tried on Jedi either Jedi Master or Jedi Grandmaster, and I had to end up dialing it back. And then I had to end up dialing it back to the easiest setting during the final boss fight against uh, the second sister, and that was... That was that was difficult, but um, 
Yeah, no, that is a fantastic game. Uh, it is actually probably my, no, no, definitely my favorite Star Wars game of all time. Because it's basically if you took Star Wars and you made the equivalent of a Zelda game out of it. And and it is yep. so, so good. Such a compelling story. I'm with you. Cal Kestis and BD-1 are some of my favorite characters, if not my favorite characters in the Star Wars universe. Um mm-hmm. The only thing this game was limited by was its budget. And this was what an unexpected hit that was published by EA. And I'm and, and then the You're reason telling me that the budget was limited on this game? Yeah. Because basically was, they, what? they didn't have a lot of hope in it, so they didn't give them very much to work with. And because they didn't think that it would be as successful as it was, what I'm hoping is is that in the sequel EA doesn't decide to do what EA usually does and take control. Because the reason this game was so successful is because they kind of let Respawn do whatever they wanted with it. I know. EA is known for making shoddy games that are pay to win, and I will crap on EA all day. Now, EA sports games, those are fun. But when it comes to, like, Battlefront and all that stuff, Battlefield, they make it to where you have to spend a ton of money in order to be decent. And yes. I, I hate it, and I just don't like that because that takes away from the experience. The games are already 60 bucks on release. Why... Make it to where people have to pay more in order to have a decent experience. Yeah, and this game actually doesn't have any DLC. It only had one free DLC. You know, what's funny is I thought that this game was a natural choice for DLC with all the customization options and whatnot, but the only DLC they released was free, and I actually got to respect that, and I'm really, really stoked about the sequel. If you want to hear about more my about my opinion on that, go check out our uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order episode back from Season 2. Um, I definitely have a lot more to say about that game but i guess i'll go ahead and i'll i'll move on to my next one go for it my brother (laughs) (laughs) so my next game that i'm going to talk about is paper mario the thousand year door hey yes yes i love the paper (laughs) mario games the only mario rpg games i love more is the mario and luigi series but paper mario is very 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 close and out of the whole out of all of them thousand year door is probably my favorite i mean it it's it's definitely the best it, i think i think it's definitely the best because the origami king is really fun but the combat sucks and so that really took <laughs> away from i didn't even finish that game man i deleted it like a fourth of the way because I could not stand the combat. I love I the Origami King. The combat is really interesting to me, but it's just, it's not the Thousand Year Door. Just go back to what made the first two games great and you'll have a solid game. And that's not to say Super Paper Mario isn't exceptional in its own way. It's just a very different game. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't played Sticker Star or Color Splash. I've heard a lot of the fans don't like him as much, but I did enjoy the Origami King quite a bit. But man, if, if they would just go back to what made the first couple games great, they don't even have to do anything really new with it. Just the same thing, but a new story. Um, and Nintendo, I know they don't like to do that, but seriously, the Thousand Year Door is fantastic. The story yes. is good. The RPG combat is just so fun. It's such a unique concept to begin with. Yep. And if this tells you anything, my dad is not a very big gamer. On the last... Uh recommendations episode uh one of my recommendations was the grinch for dreamcast that game the thousand year door uh super mario for the game boy are the only three games that he has really played he beat thousand year door 12 times wow (laughs) that's how good this game is it makes my dad who doesn't game very much play it 12 times all the way through (laughs) man and so many different sections every level is unique and all the characters like the partner characters are so interesting and well developed 
and I and, and and just the just the combat is so deep. I love all of the moves and everything that you can do, all of the items that you can equip. Uh and, and going back again to the levels, uh Glitzville, the the uh the train level. <laughs> oh yeah. The fucking dude. moon. Ah, <laughs> oh, zombies. <laughs> Man, so many good levels. So so many good levels. And they really just went all out and did really interesting. Like you kind of have what what's the what's essentially a murder mystery going on on, on the train. You know, it's kind of like a it's kind of like uh murder on the Orient Express, basically. Um and then although uh, it's been a while since I played, and then Glitzville is like basically like an arena style where you just keep going after different waves of enemies in, in like a tournament. Well, not waves of enemies, bo- different boss battles in like a tournament style. And but uh, uh, you know, there's also something kind of going on that's a little bit off in the subplot of that level. Um, oh man, every every level was cool. I love that one of the, the like the first bosses that you fight in the game, uh, the dragon forget his name now um but there's an item that you can use that weakens him that that uh because he's uh there there i guess i'm not going to go into it but there's an item that you can use that weaken him and it is hilarious and that's your nipple (laughs) (laughs) sorry go ahead (laughs) no i'm too turned on now stop (laughs) um had to have him had to give him a little taste of of the pepperoni no, 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 no no (laughs) <laughs> and that, I love that right. You're like, and that's your nipple. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Good times. All right. Uh, you think to add about Paper Mario? Uh no. Uh it's been a very long time since I've played the Thousand Year Door. So the only thing I can really remember was the fluidity of the art style and how well it worked with every single location in the game. The combat was amazing. That's why I was disappointed in the Origami King because it was it was different, and I didn't like the change that they made. I didn't like the rotation and uh, jumping system. Sure, the system in Origami King. So you know, I just you know. Boss battles are cool though. Yeah, boss battles they're they're decent, but okay. I just couldn't get past it. I really couldn't, and I didn't. I thought it was a unique addition to hit everything and get the paper mache in your bag, but I just no. It was just it was a turnoff for me. Yeah. It, when, when compared against the uh, against Thousand Year Door, and I haven't played the original Nintendo sixty four game, but I've heard it's pretty similar. But Thousand Year Door like took that and really expanded on it. It's on the GameCube currently. There's no other way to play it. It's never been done on a virtual console. But again, you can emulate it. Um, and if you have a GameCube still, I don't. My GameCube was uh, was lent to a friend, and then that friend got into a car accident, and so my GameCube is 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 gone. My very first console. Uh, that was very sentimental to me, and and I'm I'm still kind of sad about it. But you know, life happens. <laughs> dude, I'm very I'm very. I think you told me about that, but that that's really sad. It is so sad, uh, dude. M- moment of silence for Ash's GameCube. Yes, and it had you know what I had the I had the Twilight Princess skin on it. Oh, I got like now so I, for real moment of silence for Ash's GameCube. Yeah, I had like the decal that you can you know like the stickers you can put on it and. <laughs> It was it was so good and um, oh man so many memories man my first I, that was my very first game console my mom had uh, bought it for me and, and my mom waited she didn't let us play game video games for a while but um, so I didn't like grow up with like a Nintendo sixty four or anything my first console was the GameCube uh, and yeah, this was around the time after the Xbox and PS two were already out um, but I remember um, I had Super Smash Brothers that was the game that came packaged with it and I didn't have a memory card. 
So I, I had to like every time like I unlocked a fire, <laughs> I had to like re-unlock them all the time. I had, eventually had to tell my mom like, "Hey, I really need a memory card because I can't get anywhere in the games that I'm playing." She's <laughs> yeah. like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> I mean, Super Smash Bros. was all right. I just you know I, I I couldn't unlock any fighters. I just had to play with the same ones. But um, but yeah, it sucked when you were playing story based games. But anyway, um, yeah. What uh, what's your what's your next recommendation so my next recommendation uh is another uh multiplayer based game um but it's not a battle royale uh this game has been out since 2016 and was made by and released by blizzard entertainment but i recently got into it a couple of months ago and i've been playing it religiously with a group of friends i am talking about overwatch oh hell yeah overwatch is incredible it is a team-based objective game where you and five of of your teammates whether you're playing with friends or you're playing with random people online you get together and you work together to stop the enemy team from either preventing you you either work together to capture or defend the objective or you work together to push a payload or there's elimination there's capture the flag there's deathmatch there's so many fun things to do there's uh Tank-based heroes, which are basically heroes designed to help defend the rest of the group. Like, there's Reinhardt. He's got a giant hammer that he swings around and beats people up. He's got a (laughs) giant barrier that he puts up that protects you and your teammates while you're pushing the payload or trying to defeat the other team. Um, There are damage-based characters, which are characters with a lot less health. They're a lot smaller. And those are the characters that are focused on dealing damage to the enemies. Basically, if you have each, there's three different types of characters. There's DPS, which is damage per second. There's support, which are characters that heal and keep your team alive while you're going. And there are tanks that defend and protect and bounce the other team back to try to push them away from the objective. And you work together. The supports keep consistently heal everybody on the on the on your team, while the damage per second players are constantly dealing damage to the other team, while the tanks are protecting everybody. And it's so much fun. It's such a simple game design. Yeah. But it's it's and it's repetitive if you don't really see the value in it. But dude, let me tell you that this game is some kind of fun. Like I cannot tell you. There's so many different maps to choose from. My personal favorite is uh, Hollywood where you're literally at Hollywood Studios trying to push a giant sports car across the map. That's the payload to the objective. And basically, you have to work together with your team to eliminate the enemy team constantly. And everybody keeps respawning. So you have to keep pushing them back and keep killing enemies. And it's a lot like uh, Apex in a way, because each character has specific unique abilities and an ultimate. The ultimate takes a lot longer to charge, but let's say you're playing as McCree. McCree is a gunslinger from the Wild West. His main weapon is a is a magnum. It's a it's a revolver that fires six shots. His ability, he's a damage per second character, so his focus is dealing high damage to the enemy player so that you can progress and move the payload forward or capture the objective, whatever you're doing. McCree's uh, special abilities are he can do a roll and it's a barrel roll that throws off the enemy player and do allows a you roll. to yeah do a barrel roll it allows you to roll in and uh get the better of your enemy players he also has a flashbang that he throws and it can stun an enemy player he has an ability where if you press the left trigger you will fan the hammer and just rapidly shoot all six of the shots in your uh gun so a really good strategy is to somersault into a player stun them and then fan the hammer and if they're 
what we call squishies, which are players that have 225 health or less. If you fan the hammer on a squishy, they will die. And it's really effective. And his ultimate is called High Noon. So he, you go up to a specific ledge, and if you press the triangle button or Y, whatever console, or on PC, whatever you've got a map to on your keyboard or your mouse, his ultimate is High Noon. So basically he focuses on as many enemies as he can. And once it gets to a certain point, you fire the shots and you'll one hit everybody that's in your vicinity. Oh, shit. And nice. it's, it's crazy. And each character has unique abilities like this. And I love playing damage, but I'm learning how to play each specific type of character so that I can do better at competitive play because that's what we've been playing. The higher you uh, go in competitive, the more points and awards you get. The customization in this game is ridiculous the skins are beautiful ash the yeah. you have each character has a specific type of voice line there's a lot of lore that goes into this game too so at the beginning of each map uh, each match depending on what characters you use they'll have conversations with each other at the beginning and so you'll get to learn a little bit about their story before the game begins nice now there's no story or campaign on the game it's just multiplayer yeah but it's so deep and so diverse that it will keep you entertained for hours there's one session where i started playing with my friends at like 3 p.m we got off at 4 a.m the next morning we were playing overwatch constantly and it's just that immersive and that much fun i absolutely love this game ash if you can get it for ps4 i highly recommend it because i wasn't good at all when i started but playing with good people i learned how to play and it's just dude it's stellar it's so much fun yeah, I have a lot of personal experience with Overwatch, so I guess I won't have as much to say on this one, but I've heard a lot of good things about it. I do understand that the story, actually, what what there is, is told through like the character scenes, and I've actually seen quite a few of those. Um, there was one where the character who was like a samurai that I really liked, and then there was that one like gorilla character, and um, there's the one character that's on all the box art, and I forget her name. Uh... Um, the samurai character that is Genji. Genji. He is a he is a ninja that wields a sword, but his main weapon is ninja stars that you throw at uh, people. Oh, he's and actually his a abilities. ninja, not a samurai. Yeah, um, and he throws these ninja stars, and his abilities are he can reflect any. Uh, you press the right bumper, and he'll reflect any type of projectile or f shot fired at him. And his left bumper ability is to dash and slash. And uh, basically, you dash into an enemy and slash him, and his ultimate is summoning a dragon that imbues his sword, and you can, like, one to two slash every enemy. Uh, the gorilla character, that is Winston. Winston he is yeah. he is the main face of Overwatch. Um, Tracer is the character that you're talking about, the, the girl with the two pistols, the one yeah. that can teleport and rewind yeah. time for herself. Uh, dude, all of these characters are so much fun to play as, but some of them are very, very difficult to use. Like, you have to spend a lot of time using them in order to become, you know, functional with them. Yeah, yeah. So, but no, it's it's a ton of fun, and I highly recommend this game. It's something that I have spent hours upon hours playing, and I will probably spend days playing it more. <laughs> I'll, need to, I'll need to really get into it, because it's one of those games that a lot of people have talked about in the gaming community. It's so good, yeah. That's why I recommended it today, because it's, it's really just multiplayer action, but it's impactful and it creates bonding experiences with the people that you're playing as because if you don't work as a team you will lose 100 yeah. you have to work and be communicating the entire time because you have to make call outs you it's it's crazy and the competitive scene will make you rip your hair out if you're not if you don't know what you're doing <laughs> so all right well my next choice is going to be naruto the broken bond uh developed by ubisoft 
interestingly enough. Um, so there were two Ubisoft-developed Naruto games that were uh, on the Xbox 360. It's kind of its own standalone series. And I got to say, uh, in terms of play, I mean, I really feel like these are some of my favorite Naruto games. It's either between that and Storm 4. Because in terms of like content, overall content, accuracy to the original manga and anime, um, you know, and just, just how much there is and then the story, I mean... Storm 4 is, is amazing. It's probably the best Naruto game. But something that was unique about Rise of a Ninja and the Broken Bond is, and I've always thought this, is that they dare to say, does Naruto have to be a straight-up fighter? And this game is still mostly fighter, but it's an action-adventure type game. Again, with kind of Zelda elements. Um, and I've always wanted to see that because not all anime games have to be fighters. And while this one still is, it's not just a straight fighter. There is an overworld. There is, uh, you can have your character use jutsu to solve puzzles. Uh, Rise of a Ninja is great. Broken Bond takes everything from Rise of a Ninja and makes it even better. Uh, and both games together tell the story of Naruto Part 1, pre-Shippuden. So Rise of a Ninja is from the beginning to the end of the Chunin exams and then the uh, uh, Konoha invasion arc. Uh, this game picks up from there all the way to the end of part one with the Sasuke recovery mission arc. So you've got, um, so you basically got that storyline. You you start out with uh, going into the the search for Tsunade. Uh, Naruto and Jiraiya are on a mission. They find Tsunade. Naruto learns the Rasengan, and then you've got the Sasuke recovery arc where you know Naruto and Shikamaru and Kiba and Choji. Uh, and Neji are and Rock Lee are, are going after Sasuke, right? And culminating in that final battle at the uh, the Valley of the End or the Final Valley. What also really impressed me about these two games is that they're the only Naruto games that I know in existence that actually use the soundtrack from the anime. I don't know why every Naruto game doesn't want to do it. I guess because of cost reasons, but they refuse to use the phenomenal soundtrack that the series has in in, in uh, favor of these more like generic orchestral arrangements. And what's cool about Naruto is that it's a series that has such an awesome soundtrack that blends together modern instruments with traditional Japanese instruments, and it's so good. And this game actually literally used the soundtrack from the anime, and it was developed by an American studio. It's not Japanese. Um, Broken Bond actually did end up adding a Japanese option for those of us that are weebs and prefer the sub to the dub. <laughs> but yeah, every character ha can has the unique moves that they can do that can help solve puzzles and and are good in the fighting sections. Uh, the boss battles are awesome. I love that you know Naruto can use sexy jutsu in combat to confuse the enemy, or shadow clone jutsu to perform kind of a special ultimate attack, or the Rasengan, and then Sasuke has Chidori and. And it is so good, and and I love that you can explore the Leaf Village or Konoha in its in its entirety, and Naruto can slide on on power rails, and uh, you've got this whole explorable world to go through. Um, a lot of the other Naruto games just restrict themselves so much, and this is the this is the this is what a Naruto game needs to be. It's what a Naruto game should be. Um, the combat is fun. Uh, it's actually pretty hard. Believe it or not, I mean it's it I it is very difficult and, and you might end up dying a few times. Uh, some of the boss battles are 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 really difficult. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I've never personally played this game, but I have played the Ninja Storm games. Yeah. Um, and I love Naruto combat games. They're a lot of fun. Um, I love Rock Lee. He's one of my favorite characters. I yeah. absolutely love him. Um, 
But no, uh, what console is this for? Xbox 360. These games were only on the Xbox 360. Unfortunately, I still have a copy. I still have a 360. Although my copy stopped working, it got scratched when I was I was playing. You know, for this podcast, and I got through the beginning section of the game, kind of the prologue segment, and then it 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 quit on me, and I was really disappointed. Um, but I I, I played through it again actually fairly recently too, so it, it's kind of fresh in my mind. Um, okay. Yeah, I was just thoroughly impressed by by everything that this game had to offer. Um, you can. Uh, what's really cool is you can you can stock up on like ramen, and then that's what you use as your like your health. So you can sit down in between battles, and Naruto literally sit down, pull out a bowl of ramen, and eat it real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I love little animations like that. You just kind of yeah. it kind of adds a little personal touch. To and you can walk it. up and, walls uh, yeah. and shit. Like that was really cool. It was one of the few Naruto games that allowed you to walk on walls and walk on water, like they do in the anime and manga. I mean, I can do that now. So, oh shit! I, yeah. See, watch. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anybody heard that. I did you hear that? Because if you heard it, then everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and, and some of the puzzles are cool because like Naruto can use Shadow Clone Jutsu to create a bridge, which characters can run across. Um, Shikamaru can use his. Um, uh, his uh, shadow uh, shadow strangle jutsu, as they call it, or the dub, and he can make a hand that reaches underneath and pulls levers. Um, Kiba can do a similar thing where you can where you, tra- where you can send Akamaru underneath uh, uh, like houses and stuff. Uh, Shikamaru can use his shadow possession jutsu. Uh, Sasuke can use Sharingan, and these can all this is all done outside of combat and in combat. Um, what's really cool is Naruto can use sexy jutsu to impress perverted villagers. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, I really have to play this game now. You got to play this game and then just 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 to do sexy jutsu. Just to do sexy jutsu. <laughs> I'm I'm constantly doing sexy jutsu in real life, so like I, I can't. I recommend you play Rise of a Ninja first, and then the Broken Bond. Um, okay. And Rise of a Ninja is really good because uh, what's really cool is it really actually takes the feel of the anime and in the beginning everyone hates you right and when you're when you're walking around the leaf village you have uh villagers walking around with either angry faces or happy faces above their heads and that industry indicates your overall popularity so over the course of the story and and like for instance the perverted villagers you win them over by by doing sexy jutsu for them for the there's ramen delivery missions which make certain characters happier once they receive their ramen you can do missions for certain characters and then just overall through the story uh characters will start to like naruto and so at the beginning they're all like when you're walking down they'll go go away you're annoying but then like as you progress you'll have more and more characters with happy faces and they'll say hi naruto you know how are you doing, bud? You know while you're so walking around, it's character Good. development, and it really I shows. Love it. Literally shows the rise of a ninja. Um, the tuning exams are done well, um, and then and then the broken bond really just continues right where the other game left off, and continues the rest of the story. Um, the village popularity system isn't there anymore because by the end of the first game, you won everyone over. But um, you have, I, I think. Uh, Every character can level up and, and level up their stats. Um, and you can go into, there's a dojo with uh, Mike Guy. Guy Sensei mm-hmm. will train you. <laughs> I like it. It's cool. Yeah, you got you to gotta have games like that that progress and give you more play time by letting you level up the characters. And that just makes for a more interesting and in-depth experience that actually makes it worth the time and money that you've invested. Yeah. And those are those are additions to games that I truly, truly enjoy. So... Yeah, I'll have to hop on that train. You will. You will. So, final recommendation. 
Okay. Um, all right. So uh, if you'll stop at final recommendation, uh, have we talked about Link's Awakening for the Switch? I, I did a bonus round episode on it. Uh, okay. Has anybody talked about the Master? I have three possibilities for my last recommendation. The Master Quest from Ocarina of Time. Go for it. Okay. All right. So my final recommendation of the day is since we're coming up on the, basically February 21st will be the 35th anniversary of The Legend of Zelda. My last recommendation, everybody, a lot of people who love The Legend of Zelda series has played Ocarina of Time. But I only recently, within the last two years, have played Ocarina of Time Master Quest. (laughs) And so that is my fifth and final recommendation. The Master Quest adds a level of difficulty to Ocarina of Time that adds another layer of just special love to that game. Ocarina of Time, as we all know, is probably one of the greatest video games of all time. It set the standard for 3D adventure games as we know them today with the third-person targeting systems and the way battles are happening, collections, and stuff like that. And the Master Quest adds a spin on this that changes the layouts of the dungeons to give you a fresh, new experience, and it makes it so much more difficult. And I love that because that takes a game that we knew and loved as kids and gave us a fresh spin on it. Now, granted, this was released back in 2004 or 5 for the Something GameCube. Something like that. It came out. Yeah, the originally was on the GameCube because uh, for people who pre-ordered the Wind Waker, if I'm not mistaken. So 2003. Yeah. All right. So, but yeah, like this, this game is amazing and the master quest just makes it even better i'm sure you've got plenty to talk about regarding ocarina of time yes but the master quest is spectacular what say you my friend i like it i actually haven't done a full master quest playthrough but i have played it on the 3ds version i've done the the three and which takes an additional step and also mirrors the world in Master mm-hmm. Quest, making it even harder. I love how the world the the world is just completely mashed up, and and the puzzles and the dungeons are are done differently to give you basically a new experience. And the difficulty is scaled to a much different level because you've got puzzles that it were would normally show up like later in the game, you know, kind of halfway through the game. So basically, it's like a dungeon randomizer. It's a really really good way to extend the playability of Ocarina of Time, which already is one of the most replayable games of all time i mean you, i can go mm-hmm. back into ocarina of time and play it almost any time and have a great time but uh, i enjoy that the master quest uh what i'm trying to say i enjoy that the master quest gives you a new challenge and i i really need to go back and play through it uh the, the yeah, master um, quest mode i just finished ocarina of time on the 3ds nice. and it was absolutely spectacular so i can't wait to dive back in and do the master quest on the 3ds i'm really looking forward to that mirrored uh feel because i played uh twilight princess first on the wii uh-huh. and then i went back and got a copy for the gamecube and played it and it was mirrored yeah. because that's that's how they did it and it was really really cool i like that feeling because it feels like a new world even though it's just the same thing flipped around it's spectacular and if you think if you think for one second that Dark Link is hard, play the Master Quest. <laughs> You'll see what I'm talking about. The, when I played Ocarina of Time normally on the 3DS, dude, I died to Dark Link like three times, and I don't really die in Zelda games. Yeah. Like, I rarely die in Breath of the Wild. So this tells you that this mini-boss was done beautifully because Dark Link legitimately mirrors almost everything you do, unless you're using the bigger and sword, in which case you're a loser and you should rethink your life. <laughs> but... um. 
Fight him with the master sword. Grow some nuts. Do it. Do but, it. No, it's it. Just do, do it. it. One of my favorite areas in the master quest was probably the ice cavern. I love the ice cavern in the original game and the way they just like flip it around and make it different. It's spectacular, you know. It's much more difficult to get to the blue flames. Yeah, and it's it, you have to be a lot more conservative with them. And because in the original game, if you have four empty bottles, you can just fill them all up. But there's so much more red ice in the master quest that you have to deal with. And you have to keep going back and keep refilling your empty <laughs> bottles. And it is rage-inducing. It is terrible. <laughs> but yeah, that that's that's my final recommendation. I highly recommend it. Ocarina of Time is spectacular. And the master quest just adds a level of flair that it, it didn't necessarily need. But we got it anyways because we were spoiled as kids. Yes. Ocarina is probably one of my most replayed Zelda games of all. Maybe, maybe my re- most replayed Zelda game I've ever played because, uh, you know, you can pick it up at any time and and go through it, and, it, and it's always fun no matter what you do. So I would really love to get into Master Quest, and I don't know why I haven't yet. I think I just, in the amount of time it's been, since, you know, between playthroughs, I'm kind of like, yeah, I want to play Ocarina of Time again. But I never like consider doing Master Quest, which is kind of like a new game plus in in, in some ways. Um, not really because you don't carry over any items, but you know what I mean. It's a second quest for Zelda, so oh, yeah. I, I would really love to uh, get into that. And I've played a little bit of it. Um, I think I got, I think maybe I've gotten through the Child Link segment at least in Master Quest. I don't know what stopped me. Maybe I just had other things. And if I'm playing Master Quest, it's usually because I just played the original. But um, but yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. Ocarina of Time is one of the greatest games ever made, and we will definitely be talking about it later. It is, it is for sure a, a game that we will have a full episode on, like no doubt. We have oh, yeah. to. It, it literally set the standard for the Zelda series, and at least for 3D Zelda games. And while Ocarina of Time is not my most replayed Zelda game, that would I would have to give that to Skyward Sword. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, it's still spectacular and something that I have a very deep love and appreciation for. And I just finished my bachelor's degree in music and my teacher, uh, his favorite video game of all time is Ocarina of Time. And so a lot of the times during our trumpet lessons, he would talk about that and he would like, he would literally relate stuff that I would be doing to work on my instrument, the way I play my instrument to stuff that you did in Zelda. And I love that. It's one of the reasons why I want to go study with him for my master's because he and I shared both an appreciation for IPAs and Zelda. IPAs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. I love beer. It's, it's a good time. But, um, yeah, man, that's that's it for me on the game recommendations. I'm really pumped to hear your last one. All right, here we go. So you did Zelda. I feel like this is appropriate. I'm going to do Metroid. I really wanted to do oh. a Metroid game. Uh, our our next, uh, it's going to pertain to our next episode. But uh, so it actually is a kind of really great timing on this. But I actually planned this out months ago before we decided, and I wanted to talk about Metroid Zero Mission. I felt like it was the game that we're least likely to do a full episode on because it's it's a remake of the original. But remake, I, I say that in a really liberally because it is a complete uh, reimagining of the original game. I mean, it is a completely new game that took the basic layout of the original and the items and possibly the story and completely expanded on it uh it's very similar to metroid fusion and it came out shortly afterwards on the game boy advance so imagine if you took the original metroid game and you made a metroid fusion game out of it and that's that's metroid zero mission 
retelling of Samus's original story. And after you defeat Mother Brain, there's a whole other segment featuring Zero Suit Samus, which is where the, the title Zero Mission comes from. So I, I really like what they did with it. I love how much more modern Metroid stuff that they put into it. So this game feels very much like Super Metroid or Metroid Fusion in being a 2D side-scroller, um, I want to say 32-bit graphics. Yeah, 32-bit. Um, I really, really love Zero Mission. It's one of my, uh, aside from Metroid Prime, because I've played Metroid Prime more times than I can even remember. <laughs> aside from that, the Fusion and Zero Mission are two of my most played Game Boy games of all time, um, yeah. along with Fire Emblem Sacred Stones. That was actually one of my recommendeds in the last list. But Zero Mission is phenomenal to me. I absolutely love that game from the very first time you land on Planet Zebus yeah. to just all the way through the game where you go and down and go and down and you go down and defeat mother brain and then head to, I will say that this game has one of the greatest stealth segments in the history of video games. Yes. When, you get to, when you get to Chozodia and you lose your power suit, because I guess that you have a crash landing. Yeah. Um, that it's hard. It is very hard to get through that. Uh, unless you've just done it so many times that you can do it in the blink of an eye. I've seen run throughs where people get through it in like, a minute and 10 seconds. It's kind of like ridiculous. the SAX segments in Metroid Fusion. Except a lot harder. A lot harder, because <laughs> you don't have access to Samus's weaponry. You can only stun enemies. Um, it's where her Zero Suit moveset from Super Smash Brothers came from. Um, mm -hmm. Except her suit, her moveset in Super Smash Brothers is actually more powerful than her moveset in this game. Um, and then you get your power suit back, and uh, that's Stoppable. actually... That's where the action and you in so all of those unknown items that you collected throughout the game suddenly actually have a meaning. And Samus also gets the traditional design of the various suit, as we see in uh, Metroid Two: Return of Samus, which originally was that game was in black and white. So changing the color palette, like in the original Metroid, wasn't a choice. So they had to make a design. So this game kind of canonically links those together. And, and and shows you the you know the big shoulder pads and stuff and, and I love that after you defeat Mother Brain there's still more to do I think that final boss fight is kind of bullshitty but <laughs> that fucking uh, robot Mecha Ridley, Mecha Ridley it's it's not that fun it's very 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 anticlimactic for that whole segment I mean you you get power bombs because like when you're running through as Zero Suit Samus there's like a little cutscene where you see a pirate holding the power bombs walking above you and you're like oh I'm gonna get that soon and then once you get the I, I do like the the little sequence that you have to do to get the your power suit back like you yeah. have to shoot the orbs that the chosen are holding it's kind of yeah. like a little test to see if you're worthy of that fully powered suit and those unknown items are dope because you get the space jump uh what is it the not not the plasma is it the plasma beam it's been a while since i've played it all the way through i was playing it again recently but i remember when gba for ios was a thing was when i did my big playthrough of this game and i beat it 100 percent. i got every single item that was in the game and some of those are hard you have to do some fucking hard ass shine spark tricks for some of those oh yeah dude the speed booster puzzles in both fusion and zero mission are legendary like some of those stuff to 100 percent those games you really have to know what you're doing you're, it's tough you remember that one alternate sequence that you can get in fusion if with a bunch of shine sparking and i don't it's not required for 100 percent completion it's literally just an extra but if you like boost around the entire world, you can access like that secret conversation with uh, Adam the computer, right? I have not done that. I'm going to go on YouTube after this is done 
And I, after I send you that Fallen Order clip, I'm going to check that out because that sounds dope. And I have never seen that. You're actually making me excited right now. What? You never heard about that? Yeah, there's a whole secret conversation no, you can have. No, 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 you can no, no, no. only access it by 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 speed boosting and doing and, and doing some tricks that you're not supposed to do in the game and you normally wouldn't do. <laughs> All right, so you that's settled. I'm getting on my phone after this is done and I'm going to go check that out. Look it up, look it up. It's like like do like speed booster or shine spark puzzle, or secret or secret conversation infusion. Like there's there is uh yeah. And I and I've heard about it and I don't know if I actually have ended up doing it in one of my playthroughs. I actually haven't beat fusion. Um, I've gotten really, really, really <gasps> far in it, but I have not beat it yet. Um, oh my god, dude! That holy da, you gotta beat it. I know <laughs> it's one of my favorite games. I just, I just, I've never like, I've, I never had it on when I had my GBA. I guess I never had any Metroid games, and I've since lost my GBA a long, long time ago. I had a Game Boy Advance SP, the flame red color. Um, it was one of my my first portable console I ever got, but um. Yeah, I never did that. So I've only I've only played on emulators, and f- recently I finally I actually just bought Fusion and uh, Zero Mission on the Wii U Virtual Console. So now I've got you know good legitimate copies of those. But um, I, I will say that both games are are definitely recommended to play either on the Virtual Console or on the emulator, just because they're so fucking hard and being able to reload snapshots <laughs> makes it's the experience so much better um which you can do on the virtual console as well they i like that they added that functionality that most emulators have because it's it's so fucking hard having to go in between save spots sometimes <laughs> i will say that that adds a level of difficulty to the game that i highly appreciate it's true um, it's true um it's like you have to find a save room in prime or um yeah Sometimes, sometimes you'll find spots in Metroid games where where you keep dying is super far away from a save room, and it's it's tough. It, there, there's a point where it's 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 just frustrating. It's challenging, yes, but it's just not fun anymore. Yep. <laughs> you just want to get you just want to get past it. Yeah, and, and being so. able to skip some of that, I don't really feel like that's so much cheating because basically you're just skipping you doing the exact same thing again. Avoiding frustration, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> yep. because eventually it'll get tiresome. Right, right. You still have to get through that part of the game at one point. So, and and I normally will relegate my snapshots to save stations. I will. That's my, and that allows me to reload much faster that way. Yeah. But if I'm at a particularly difficult part, like maybe after the second time I die, I'll start like making snapshots in between. Um, it's also nice because you don't have to wait until you get to a save station to beat the game. Uh. Or, I mean, to quit the game. I remember one time while I was playing Other M, and my dad was like, hey, I like I really uh, need you to, to get off. And so I was like, okay, okay, let me just get to a safe station. Do you remember that one hallway where you keep fighting bosses? And then ultimately, I think that that's where you end up fighting Fantoon, if I'm not mistaken. That's the epilogue, right? Where you go through that long, long hallway. Long, you can literally long hallway. Just, you can literally just screw attack through the whole thing and kill them all. You know that, right? Yeah, maybe it was maybe it wasn't there at the end of the game. I don't remember, but I was in that long, I was in a long ass hallway and I kept on fighting enemies. I think you could screw type most of them, but the bosses you can't. And so I had this problem where I oh, literally yeah. picked the worst time in the game for my dad to really need me to quit, but I didn't die once. The pressure was on. So Dude. I went through that entire hallway inhumanly fast. 
That's when that's when you just hit that home button and turn the TV off and be like, I'll come back to you later, baby. No, I was determined, dude. And I did it. And I got through it and it was great. But um I guess that's a data recording and shield restoration sequence activated. <laughs> <laughs> sequence complete. Process successful. Shout out to literally the worst Metroid game in the entire series. However, it's still fun. It's still fun. But um I guess that's it for our game recommendations. Um if you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, let uh, or feedback on your platform of choice. You can find Collateral Gaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, Pandora, and wherever you get your podcasts. And actually, we're working on getting on even more platforms than before i just noticed uh there's a built-in feature in podbean which is where we host our rss feed that allow that has several different websites listed so i'm going to make sure that we're on all of those so yeah. that wherever you get your podcast is actually true um but we're we're expanding we've got a patreon i actually just released some more patreon st- stuff um we've got uh i started the assassin's creed 2 playthrough uh and i started the um uploading i I did it a long time ago and also uh, our majora's mask uh episode or playthrough let's play I, i uploaded what i had of that so far too i'm continually adding to the episodes that we're still doing like uh breath of the wild we've got our zelda cdi episode out and if you want to just get a feel for what the let's plays are like our breath of the Wild, not about breath of the wilds are our fable three let's play is free um and the first episode of every let's play is free as well giving you guys an opportunity to kind of check out you know where this is going um we're also getting together our video podcasts and do you want to talk about what we're going to be talking about next time following part two of ghost of tsushima Oh, yeah. Uh, you're talking about on Collateral Gaming, right? Yes, sir. Okay, because for a second I thought you were talking about uh, Collateral Cinema, and I was like, <gasps> pressure. Okay. <laughs> so next week, um, we are going to be talking about our dungeon recommendations for The Legend of Zelda. And I am super excited for that. Well, Dungeons- yeah. We'll, we'll talk about in the next bonus round episode, but what's going to be our next main oh! episode? Oh, 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 oh. Okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. Our next no, main cool. episode is going to be a two-parter for Metroid Fusion, baby. Woo! Yes, dude. Metroid Fusion is spectacular. This is going to give me, us, a new chance to run back through Fusion again. I'm really excited because I've got a nice emulator on my laptop that runs this baby really nicely. So I'm very, very much <laughs> looking forward to getting into that again. And today was a blast. Like, I always love recommending video games. It's it's really fun. to. I mean, I just like podcasting, but... There's something special about giving you guys a list of games to go check out because not only does it allow us to reminisce a little bit, it gives us a chance to share it with you because if you haven't played them, you should. You should, yeah. I love recommendations episodes, and we'll have more of these to come because it gives us a chance to talk about those games that maybe we weren't necessarily going to do a full episode on, but we really want to talk about. Um, and, and it's games from our childhood, games that we're currently playing, just anything we recommend, um, and maybe some things that you might not have heard of that are kind of obscure. So I, I think it's an awesome chance to get into that, and it's a, it's a fantastic uh, 
recommendation of the it's a fantastic use of the bonus round episodes and yes our next bonus round episode is going to be a zelda game our uh, zelda dungeons recommendations uh that was actually one of zach's ideas and we love talking ah! about zelda we love talking about metroid we seem to always want to return to those on the bonus round but you know what fuck it this is this is our bonus round this is what we want to do with it so it's god <laughs> yes, God, yes, Jesus. <laughs> but um, yeah, we're kind of running over here. We're going on an hour and a half, which is long for a bonus round episode. But fuck it, we had a lot to talk about, and we really geeked out. Um, anything else to add for our no, audience? Man. Uh, the only thing I'd say is just um, if you want, once I get it all uh, set up and ready to go, uh, come check out uh, my pages and my uploads when I get really involved with Zelda Dungeon. I'm super excited about that. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, there's going to be a lot of news and stuff and keep your eyes peeled for Zelda news because we are amidst one of the greatest years in Zelda yet the 35th anniversary. And I am super pumped to see what happens because Zelda, 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 Zelda. (laughs) So, (laughs) so yeah, Zelda. (laughs) Fuck yeah, dude. All right, man. Well, I've been Ashley Chancellor and I will continue to be Zachary Gio. And we are Collateral Gaming. We are out, motherfuckers. Collateral Gaming is a collateral media podcast. All music and game clips are owned by their respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.